Oh my goodness. What a week 18 it was. The first ever week 18 we have experienced, and it was a doozy. The 49ers are now playoff bound. They beat those Los Angeles Rams in overtime. Our takeaways, key plays, we're giving out game balls in this one. The 49ers are headed to Dallas in those playoffs. Everything from the week 18 game versus those Rams coming up right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. We cover a football team here that is going to the playoffs. And uh, wow, what, what a week 18. We're going live here following uh, the finale, the finale finale, another game that went into overtime. It did not end in the tie. The Raiders beat the Chargers, and we had to wait on that one because uh, Croc, Croc's brother is a Steelers fan, um, so he had to see every second of that game. Croc was at SoFi Stadium. Croc, uh, I mean, that was a complete home field advantage for the 49ers at SoFi. You were there. You got to tell me what it was like at SoFi Stadium as those 49ers defeated the Los Angeles Rams 27-24 in overtime. It was awesome, man. I mean, the crowd was electric. Everybody was going crazy, and for a while, it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't looking too good. And I know we'll get into the details of that, but uh, just shout out to the the faithful for how they they showed up to SoFi Stadium and and got loud at the right times. And it was hard to differentiate between if it was, uh, you know, if, who was the home team. And I've never really been in an environment and seeing it be like that. I went to, the only other road game I went to was in Philadelphia, and they were just kind of quiet the whole time. And there weren't enough 49er fans to make a lot of noise, but with how loud it would get on third downs in that stadium, it was it was pretty cool, man. It was, it was, it was pretty special. I'm glad I went. I'm glad you still have a voice, Croc. A lot of folks in the chat are worried about your mental well-being, uh, maybe uh, knocking back some shots with John Chapman and the 49ers rush. Uh, how did that oh. go? Did you have a good time with the 49ers fans while you were there? Man, had an amazing time. Had an amazing time with the fans there. Everybody showed love. They loved the Locked On 49ers podcast. They were really excited. And shout out to everybody at the stadium that recognized, like, that's still kind of, it's kind of weird to me, you know? Like, because, you know, when, when you play professional sports, some people might recognize you, but they're not going to recognize Eric Rocker, a practice squad guy. But they recognized me on the road games at the stadium for being a podcaster. And it's pretty cool. I mean, plenty of people, you know, stopped me and took pictures with me and, and, and all that. So, and told me how much they love the podcast. One guy, he was in his G-Wagon driving with his wife and he sees me walking. He's like, Croc, Croc, I love the show. I love the podcast. So, um, shout out to all the faithful men. Like, that was pretty cool. As one person points out, the 49ers have never missed the playoffs in the era of Eric Crocker as co-host of the Lockdown 49ers <laughs> Yeah. Right, man. That was exciting. A lot of, lot of, a lot of good takeaways from that game, and some things that you know I can't wait to really expound on. I have honed in on four. The, this is one of those. It was the ultimate team win to me. I've honed in on four game balls I want to give out at the end. We'll do that in the final segment of this show. We're going to stick around and do some overtime. Only fitting that we go into overtime for a little while. I know you got to hit a flight early in the morning, Croc, but we're going to hit a little overtime live on the chat for uh, the YouTube 
watchers here on Sunday night. And thanks for hanging out late Sunday night with us for those of you who did stick around live uh, after that huge win and after finishing up the regular season here. And uh, I bet there's somebody at the league office Monday morning who says, you know what, folks, this week 18 was so successful. About 19 regular season weeks. <laughs> yeah, this was the best week of the season. This was awesome. Seeing all these play on play in games, seeing, oh man, are they gonna end it in a tie? And then both teams get in, and then Staley calls the timeout. I mean, uh I mean, we got to get to the 49ers here, but man, it, it was a really good league-wide week 18. Was it so good because of the extra game, or was it good because of that seven spot and what the what it meant? for people to be able to get into the playoffs because of it. I, I think that was uh, a takeaway that my brothers and I, I have one brother, he's a Steeler fan in there. And then the other one that's in there, he's a Dallas Cowboy fan, diehard. They're both diehard. So uh, a lot of conversation going on with, with the brothers right now. Absolutely. We got to get into this 49ers team. Uh, I called it a team win, but obviously the biggest thing that stands out here is the quarterback situation. How the game started, the 49ers climbing out of a 17 nothing hole and Jimmy Garoppolo leading the team down, scoring uh, at the end of the game to force overtime and then kicking the field goal in overtime and the 49ers getting that interception to seal it at the end. There's so many big things and so many things to point at, but I want to start out with the quarterback situation. At one point, Croc, were you sitting there watching this game live at SoFi Stadium thinking the 49ers started the wrong quarterback? Never. Uh, you know, I knew that he was the guy for that moment, no matter how it started or how it went. You know, I was looking at it when the 49ers were down 17-0. And even then I was thinking, this is not the game or the environment or the that's not the person, you know, talking about Trey Lance, to get them out of this. And if they were going to get out of it, it was going to be with Jimmy Garoppolo just improving his play throughout the game. And I thought he did a really good job of doing that. And it started right before halftime where they drove down the field with not very much time left had a couple timeouts, and were able to get in field goal range. And, and I thought from there, that's when things started kind of clicking for him. It was almost like he needed to see it, right? He he made some throws, and it was like, okay, I, I am that guy. And uh, from there, he kind of took off. Did you see live the ball float out of his hands differently? Did it look like a different Jimmy Garoppolo, an injured Jimmy Garoppolo to you live? After the game, he talked about it. He kind of doubled down what he said earlier on in the week. He said it effing hurt. So it, it was definitely affecting him. How much was it affecting him? I think on the short stuff, it looked kind of normal, but there was a few balls that it was like, oh, no. Uh, and obviously the two interceptions, I don't know if that was just classic Jimmy or if that was because of the thumb. And sometimes it's hard to differentiate. I think all of it was classic Jimmy, you know, between the the misses, the bad misses, the interceptions, uh, you know, also we saw the tight window throws and I thought he did a terrific job throughout that. You know, I remember in the first half, like a couple of those throws he had to really kind of get the 49ers going, you know, throws to IU and stuff like that. Like those, those were tight. And there were a few hot throws that he threw uh, that went straight through Debo Samuel's hands. You got to catch those. But, uh, you know, I thought he looked like Jimmy. You know, there were some that kind of died on them going to the sideline and, and some misses. And, you know, that's him as well. So I think you you know what you're getting with Jimmy Garoppolo. And that was why I was so on board with starting him. Because, you know, there, there's going to be these weird moments. But then you also know the other side of it, the guy that can potentially lead a team down, score to tie the game and go into overtime. Obviously, a, a gutty performance from Jimmy Garoppolo. You have to hand it to the guy. He didn't fold uh, in a 17 nothing. Hole. He ended up 
with pretty good numbers, 23 of 32 passing for 316 yards, one touchdown. The two interceptions were definitely bad. Things were disjointed. The offense was not moving the ball early, but then they started moving the ball well and started looking like that playoff team from 2019, and they were running the heck out of the ball, and they were being physical and making big third-down plays when they needed it. Uh, That was really fun to see uh, from the 49ers offense. I was not as confident as you, Croc. I thought Shanahan might have made the wrong decision, especially after the first interception. Um, and I thought if if Shanahan <laughs> – so there was the drive where the 49ers just straight up ran the ball. Run, 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 run. Second and 14, they're in field goal range. They're in the red zone. They go empty backfield. And Jimmy Garoppolo threw another interception, and I thought that was it. They were running the ball so well, and Kyle got away from that 2019 – versus the Vikings, versus the Packers mentality of we're just going to run it until we can't run it anymore. And I think the 49ers would have. And I think, honestly, the 49ers might have won that in regulation if that's the way they went about it. Um, That second interception, I thought that was the end. And I thought, dang, that's how the season's going to end right there. Uh, A Jimmy Garoppolo interception. You stopped running the ball. And it didn't happen. Uh, and I think there's a huge reason why that didn't happen, Croc. I want to get to that momentarily. I want to talk a little bit more about the quarterbacks. I want to talk about the other side of the ball. We got to talk about the playmakers on the 49ers. We got to give out some game balls here in this episode. But first, I want to talk about Built Bar. It's the thing that'll get you through these New Year's resolutions. It's the thing that'll get you through from breakfast to lunch, from lunch to dinner. You need protein pre or post workout. Most built bars contain only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. It's the new year, so that means you're probably doing some New Year's resolutions like I am, and you're trying to get fit, uh, eating healthier. Make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but it doesn't hit you like one in the midsection. You know what I'm talking about. The Built Bar makes it easier to stick to those resolutions because it tastes so good. You'll want to continue to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. Plus, you don't miss out on that chocolate. You need chocolate when you're on a diet because you feel good about what you're eating, and Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. So many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, which is my favorite, mint brownie, salted caramel, some uh, specialty flavors popping up all the time at Built.com. You can get a mixed box of Built Bars if you're not sure what flavor to order. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. You looking for that edge? You looking for that edge when you are betting on a playoff San Francisco 49ers game. Well, you can find that edge at onlinegambling.com. You're looking for that website that's dedicated to giving gamblers not only just an edge, not only just some NFL tips, but news and more to help make your bets more informed than ever. Onlinegambling.com gives you that edge. Onlinegambling.com is on a mission to be the world's most empowering gaming and betting site, giving gamblers the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. Onlinegambling.com is inspiring every gambler in the world to beat those odds. Go to 
www.onlinegambling.com. Check out the latest NFL playoff news, which will involve those San Francisco 49ers and tips on how you can get the edge. So visit the website for NFL tips ahead of the playoffs. Visit the website for all your latest NFL and other news. Make sure you go to onlinegambling.com slash NFL for all the latest NFL gambling news and tips to give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, it's onlinegambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. We're talking playoffs here because the San Francisco 49ers are in the playoffs. The hated Dallas Cowboys. We're taking it back to the 90s with that 49ers-Cowboys matchup, and we've got plenty of time to get into that matchup later on this week, but we've got to talk right now about uh, the Week 18 game the play-in game for the 49ers. The Saints won, so it was win or go home for the San Francisco 49ers, and they came back from a 17-0 hole. How important was the end of the first half? The sack to get the ball back, go down the field, move the ball a little bit, and kick a field goal. Make it a two-score game before the half. How big was that? Because I thought that was the turning point in the football game right there. That was huge. You know, I think that that you know lifted the team up. And knowing you get the ball back, you know, getting the ball back at a halftime, you know, I think that was huge. And I tweet that out like, hey, you go down, you get three. I thought that was great. I thought it was great. I thought that was really a big deal. And then to come out of halftime and really punch the team in the mouth, I thought that was really huge too. And I think that's when the 49ers started to get back into their identity. You know, the, the first half, the tough part was, the third downs, the long third downs defensively, they were giving up some chunk plays. Guys like Cooper Cup and, you know, shout out to Matthew Stafford. He made some terrific throws all throughout that game. Like Matthew Stafford's special. So he does some weird things, as we saw, but he also does some special things that kind of worry you a little bit when he's facing your team. So he definitely did that throughout the first half, put the 49ers in a really tough spot. But getting those points right before halftime, that was huge. And so, and it, and it happens so fast. So you go into halftime. Okay, it's a two-score lead, not a three-score lead. Good. Okay. So, and we stop the bleeding a little bit. We got to stop on defense. We move the ball on offense. Okay, moving this truck in the right direction. You come back. You get the ball. You get the kick in the second half. Boom. You go down there. Physicality. We're not throwing for points. Not throwing from behind. Not uh, in desperation mode. Sticking to the offense, running to come back, coming coming back with the run game, and and I love this about this team. The 49ers can uh, can run with the best of them, and they can come back in a game if there's enough time by just running the football and just pounding a team. And it was it was uh, Elijah Mitchell, it was Debo Samuel, and then boom, you score again, huge play by Debo Samuel, and all of a sudden, oh wait a second, it's a one score game, and the Rams haven't touched the ball since that third down stop. Now it's a one score game. Now we're in this thing. Okay, now we're loose. Then the four, that now now it's just momentum, momentum, momentum. There was a shot of the sideline of the Rams sideline during the game and they looked like they were down 20 points and it was tied in the third quarter. Like they the, the 49ers beat the Rams in the third quarter of this game. Uh, and then you go to the trick play, you go to Debo Samuel. Now it's a tie ball game. Now there's an extra uh, hit, hitch. Now there's actually like jumping your step, right? And so that that was fantastic to see. Huge plays from Debo, huge plays from Jimmy Garoppolo, huge plays from Elijah Mitchell, huge plays from uh, IU. Jawan Jennings was massive in this football game. I, like, that, that's why I say it was such a team effort. And I pushed back a little bit because some folks got mad at me after the game on Twitter. It was like, yeah. 
Now what do you say about replacing Jimmy Garoppolo? The 49ers won the game, and my response to that was, well, look, this was a team effort. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't go win that game for the 49ers. In fact, Debo Samuel had as many touchdown passes as Jimmy Garoppolo did in that football game. It was a team effort. It took every single playmaker the 49ers had to climb out of that hole. Uh, it took Jimmy Garoppolo to c- climb out of that hole. Uh, it took the defense to climb out of that hole. Like This was the quintessential team effort and team win for the 49ers, and I think that's the best thing you can say about this team. No quit in them. They climbed out of that hole, and they went and won this game in overtime. Oh, yeah, so they Crocky froze. Okay, so I think you froze up a little bit on the audio. Crocs and come back. I am going to push back a little bit on this where we got Trey Lance would not have done that. So I've seen this before. Some folks seem a little bit annoyed that I thought or that a lot of people thought maybe Jimmy shouldn't have been in that game at a certain point and that Trey Lance could not have won that game and only Jimmy could have won that game. Uh, so Trey Lance, Trey Lance wouldn't have done what? Trey Lance wouldn't have thrown two interceptions Trey Lance wouldn't have gotten in a a 17 nothing hole that's what I push back on if Trey Lance started this game and Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt by his own admission his thumb effing hurt right he was he was injured he was not throwing the ball I think uh, even to Jimmy Garoppolo's level I think uh, maybe the 49ers weren't in a 17 nothing hole maybe the 49ers go win in regulation maybe the 49ers don't maybe the 49ers still get in a 17 nothing hole maybe it's worse maybe maybe trey lance throws three interceptions and the 49ers don't win that's a possibility too but i definitely push back on the idea that jimmy garoppolo won that game and that he was the only guy that could have won that game because that was not going well earlier on in, in the football game for jimmy garoppolo now i will say kyle shanahan in the end scoreboard 27-24, 49ers won that game. Kyle Shanahan pressed as many buttons as he needed to. Jimmy Garoppolo made uh, he, some mistakes, but he made as many throws as he needed to. The 49ers won that game, and you wouldn't, in hindsight, you look back at the end of the game, you don't want to change anything because the 49ers won. And and and, and so, uh, you, you absolutely, in hindsight, you don't want to change anything. But early on in the game, uh, there's probably a lot of folks in the chat right now that were calling for, I mean, I saw a ton of spring crocky back in on this. I saw a ton mid game croc. I was pushing back a little bit on some, some folks that, were saying that, that, that the, the 49ers couldn't win the game with, uh, with Trey Lance and that, that, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo came back and won that game for the 49ers. There was a ton of people in about halfway through the second quarter that were ready at that moment to fire Kyle Shanahan. Like it was over. It was over, over for some of these fans. Like it was a dark place. Was that the vibe in the stands as well from 49ers fans? Didn't get the vibe in the stands, but definitely got the vibe from the social media accounts, Twitter and people. Yeah. Like you said, they were, they were done with Jimmy Garoppolo. They were done with Kyle Shanahan. They blamed Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb and, I didn't see any of those things as an issue. I thought that the defense did a poor job of giving the offense more opportunities. You know, you you let the team just come out and continue to punch in your mouth. Regardless if the offense starts a little slow or not, you have to help and give them a chance. And I thought that didn't happen. And once that happened and they were able to start playing more complimentary football, then we saw a better version of both Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo. They beat him in physicality. I feel like they beat him mentally in a lot of ways. I don't like, did you feel it? Did you feel it in the stands? It was like, there's something that the 49ers have over the Rams. The Rams are going to fold. Once they got to the point where it was tied, it was almost over. Right. 
I I do think it it's it's almost the same hold that Seattle has on the 49ers where it's just hard to get over that hump for whatever reason. And no matter how good or bad Seattle is, the 49ers just have a really tough time handling them. I mean, just look at the games from this year. And that was a Seattle team that was not very good. And we've seen that same thing happen with the 49ers and the Rams for whatever reason. I mean, even going back to like Chip Kelly years, right? Like Chip Kelly, I want to say Colin Kaepernick's like one of his last games, it was beating the Rams. I think the 49ers maybe won two games that year. And it was both beating the Rams. So for whatever reason, the 49ers historically over the last however many years have had this stranglehold on the Rams. And that just doubt starts to creep into a lot of these guys' minds have been a part of it, even like guys like Aaron Donald. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, As Keisha points out here, McVay running out onto the field. The ref was told, told him, like, get the hell out of here. What are you doing in the end zone right now? Going out there celebrating. They were all like, yeah, we're beating the 49ers. And then literally... Three possessions later, they're all on the sideline, like just stunned looks on their face. It was still tied, and it looked like they were down 20 points. Like they knew it was coming and they knew it was inevitable, and they knew they couldn't stop it. That was pretty amazing. Even though um the 49ers did not win that in regulation, they ended up coming back to win it in overtime. We've got to talk, Croc, about your boy, Ambry Thomas, and yep. your boy, Emmanuel Mosley. And that defensive side of the ball, give out some game balls. We're going to hang out with a little overtime and get deep into the chat as well. Coming up on this episode of Locked On 49ers. And when Croc drives back to Arkansas, I think he's going to fly. But if he was to drive back to Arkansas, you know what he would do? He would open up the Get Upside app, go find himself a deal and get 25 cents back on every single gallon of gas as he drove across the country every time he filled up. All you got to do to get cash back every time you fill up the gas tank is download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN, and you can even get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. I use it. It's super easy. I don't know why you wouldn't use it. You're getting free cash back on the same gas you were already going to buy. I open up the app, look at the map. That's the gas station I'm going to. Claim my 25 cents back per gallon. Go fill up, and I've got money in my account. And there's no catch at all. The cash gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime you want to your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card, whatever you want. Just download the free Get Upside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN with the Get Upside app. Woo! The rookie, Ambry Thomas, coming up big in the biggest moment of his young career. Overtime, Matthew Stafford says, number 20, that's what I want. I'm going to go deep there. I'm going to exploit that matchup. I'm going to go win this game in overtime, knock the 49ers out. Ambry Thomas said, nope, I'm going to take that ball. I'm going to intercept it. Ball game, 49ers win. How big was A, Ambry Thomas, the rookie, stepping up with the last play of the game, and B, getting Jimmy Ward back from the COVID list and getting Emmanuel Mosley back from IR with the other interception of Matthew Stafford in this game? Mosley and Ambry Thomas, uh, how fantastic were they as a tandem? And by the way, Croc, you were correct. That's what they went with. They went with Mosley and Ambry Thomas, and they flipped Mosley over to the right side, right side, left Ambry Thomas over there on the left side where he'd been playing all year. Yeah, you know, obviously he came up big. And 
when it mattered most, he made a play. There was a play earlier in the game where Ambry Thomas was in position. I believe it was uh, Higby that caught the touchdown over. I think Croc froze a little bit again. Uh, it's a good point by Judy here, though, because it wasn't the 17 nothing hole wasn't just Jimmy Garoppolo at all. It, it was everything. Everything felt disjointed. The defense rough in the first half. I agree, Judy. Uh, and, and the defense came back huge, and it was that one stop at the end of the first half where the defense really, all of a sudden, as you put it, stepped the hell up. I mean, that was huge for uh, for the 49ers to win this game. It, it, the defense had to show up, and they did. The defense was lights out starting at the end of the first half. It was pretty amazing. Um, the, the, the Rams scored one more touchdown. The Rams scored one more time after that third down stop at the end of the second quarter. Uh, that's how awesome the 49ers defense was. And it was Ambry Thomas, and it was Emmanuel Mosley with the interceptions. It was Fred Warner all over the place. It was Dre Greenlaw all over the place. It was Eric Armstead, two and a half sacks. He was uh, behind the line of scrimmage all game long. A huge sack from uh, Contavious Street, or a tackle for loss by Contavious Street in that one. Let's bring Crocky back. How, how am I? I'm not on Wi-Fi now, so I'm okay. just it's just straight from my phone. You're good. I like the neon in the background there as well. It's my nephew's room, so okay. <laughs> I'm hanging out recording this room. I can tell you're in the gaming chair as well. I hope that's coming. Yeah, I got the gaming chair. This dude got this big ass, like I don't know, it's probably a 70-inch plasma on the wall. I don't know what they're doing over here in Irvine. So we're talking here about the defense and how it, it wasn't just Jimmy Garoppolo. It wasn't just the offense. It was the defensive side of the ball, too. The Rams ran yeah. up and down the field on the 49ers in the first half. And that that one possession where the 49ers finally got off the field, the third down sack, and it was different from there. The Rams scored one time after that stop in uh, the second quarter of the game. And, and it was everybody. It was a team wow. effort. I just named them all. Uh, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Dante Johnson got beat a couple times from Cup. So did Jimmy Ward. They stiffened up. Um, Eric Armstead was huge with two and a half sacks. Nick Bosa got in on the action with the sack. Fred Warner with the with the sweet move on, uh, on the blitz. A couple of just really key blitz calls from D'Amico Ryans in the second half. I mean, it was a huge team effort on defense. Everybody showed up and everyone started playing better. I thought, I thought it started off with the 49ers really taking away the run game from the, the, the Rams. I was looking at like some of the stats at halftime, and I'm like, gosh, the Rams just can't run the ball. And that continued into the second half as well. Couldn't really get anything going until maybe one late run that was like pretty decent by one of the Rams running backs. I don't remember exactly who it was. Uh, I, I do know, you know, and I was kind of talking about before the connection happened, but I was talking about, uh, Ambry Thomas and Jimmy Ward. And I've kind of labeled Jimmy Ward the Cooper Cup stopper. And Jimmy Ward, uh, uh, Cooper Cup kind of got the better of Ward in this game. Mm -hmm. One perfect throw. I don't, I want to say like down the left sideline because that's how it was with me at the stadium. But I think on TV it was kind of flipped or something. But anyways, it was down the sideline late in that game where uh, Stafford dropped it right in over the shoulder of Cooper Cup and Ward was in great position, but he missed. Now, where he messed up was everybody was talking about get your get it, get your head around, get your head around, get your head around. There's a timing with getting your head around. All right. And if you get in get in phase late, in phase is basically like having the receiver controlled. If you get in phase late and then look, a lot of times the ball's gonna drop in there. So what typically what you'll do is you'll see guys work to play through the hands of the receiver. And 
Ward, who looked late, as soon as he looked, the ball dropped in there. And I was like, gosh, he just just played through the hands at that point. And there might be people like, he didn't get his head around. Oh, my gosh. But not like, no, that would have been the right way to go about it. And then he got him on the touchdown where I just thought that was another perfect pass from Matthew Stafford. Like, just great job. I thought he was great on those t- on those plays and great job by Cooper Cup making great plays as well. But Amory Thomas, he got beat by Higby early in the game, I believe, for a touchdown. Again, in position, loses at the I, catch point. But, on, on the Higby touchdown, that was Ward, right? Because um, that was the, the goal line play action. But Higby was pretty much by himself. I thought – No, Amber- there was another one. Oh, the second. Okay, the second, the second Higby touchdown. I forgot he had two touchdowns. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, on the sideline. Yeah. Yeah. So it was it was tight coverage, but he didn't get out. But he yeah. got a chance to kind of redeem himself late in the game. I saw some people tweeting it out again. When you're watching out the game, I'm watching it, and I see interception, and I just start running around like crazy. And then, you know, I, <laughs> uh, 49er fans are going crazy. So I didn't really actually see the play, but I saw on social media a lot of people were saying. He was beat, but the ball was just underthrown. So finally, I'd say maybe 30, 45 minutes after the game, I finally see the actual clip. And what it looked like to me was he was in a bail the, the whole time. He had his bail. He had a bail with it, seeing the re- receiver in his peripheral, being able to stay on top of the receiver. And he sees the ball thrown, and he sees the trajectory of the ball. I think o- Odell Beckham never saw the trajectory of the ball, so he's just running full speed. While Amory Thomas sees and he's like, wait a minute, this ball is short. He's able to adjust to a, a ball that was underthrown and then make a play on the ball at the catch point, resulting in an interception. So I do believe that if the ball was thrown more vertically and let's say like a perfect pass or like more ideal down the field, he would have been in position to make a play on the ball. Now, would he have made it? I don't know because we've seen him lose at the catch point plenty of times, but the ball was underthrown and he did a really good job of making the play on the ball. We got some trolls even entering the chat here. That's how you know the 49ers are in a good place, that there's uh, fans of opposing teams trying to jump in and get involved with the chat. But uh, they've been uh, they've been taken care of very quickly uh, by uh, both our moderator and uh, the users here in the chat making quick work of these yahoos. I love it. It's so fun. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. A lot of Mad Rams fans and a lot of Mad Cowboys fans getting – getting pre-angry about the the game that's about to happen on Sunday. You're right, though, Croc. It all started with stopping the run, and the Rams were one-dimensional, and they were hitting plays in the first half, and they stopped hitting those plays. And uh, I got to give credit to D'Amico Ryans and the entire squad because, again, team effort, everybody was involved. Um, As Leighton points out here, and we didn't really have time to talk about this much, and we got to get to some game balls. We'll get deeper into the chat and talk a lot more a little bit uh, in just a second, but shout out to the O-line. Without Silverback, a big game. I mean, this is what's crazy. So you lose you lose your corners. You're worried about a rookie in Ambry Thomas. You're worried about uh, your cornerbacks. You're worried about K-1. You're worried about Tom Compton at right tackle. Then you have Colton McKivitt starting a left tackle. All these things, you get so worried the 49ers, and you have to point to the coaching staff, right? The 49ers have had all these injuries and these things that on paper you think, oh, man, how can you possibly overcome this with Colton McKivitz, who didn't even make the team out of camp, starting at left tackle for Trent Williams. And it wasn't a problem. It wasn't an issue. Tom Compton struggled his first game, um, a little bit for his second game, and maybe a third game, a little bit. But Compton's settled in and been fine. Ambry Thomas developing in front of our eyes made the biggest play of the season with the interception to seal the game. Um, 
So all of these things that we think all season long are going to be big problems, you have to point to the 49ers coaching staff, right? So I think that's where the first game ball has to go is to John Lynch for the depth, Kyle Shanahan, D'Amico Ryans. I think the entire coaching staff for getting this team into the playoffs and for overcoming some of the injuries that seem like they're going to be season ruiners and season wreckers, they haven't been a problem. So you you have to point to the coaching staff, right, Croc? Coaching staff for the 49ers have done a tr- tremendous job all season long, you know, regardless of who is out. You know, even being able to get Trey Lance ready, you know, for a Houston Texans game, I think that's a little underrated throughout this whole process. But essentially that was a playoff game as well because if the 49ers lose that game, they're not in the playoffs right now. So good job getting him ready. Uh, running backs that had to fill in for Elijah Mitchell. I mean, having the thought process to put Debo Samuel at running back and the production he's had. He has more rushing touchdowns than receiving touchdowns, and he has six receiving touchdowns. So that's been pretty cool to see, like, just his – the element of, like, hey, why don't we use Debo Samuel this way? Because he's better than these other guys, Jeff Wilson, uh, the third down back, Kent, uh, Jemai, uh, Hasty. you know. Let's use Debo in the role of getting the ball in his hands. So I feel like all the adjustments that they made, obviously the, the season wasn't as ideal as possible, but heading into the playoffs – it's zero zero, and I, I like our coaching staff against any coaching staff in the NFL. I said I had four game balls, and I lied because I already just gave three more game balls to the GM and uh, the 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 guy who coaches the offense and the guy who coaches the defense. But I want to start with my game balls. Welcome back, Emmanuel Mosley. That was an amazing catch. I thought it was going to be was it Tart that came over from the safety spot? I thought he was going to be the one that had the angle on the interception there, and it was actually Emmanuel Mosley that made an amazing catch on that interception. And it is huge to have someone as solid and as sometimes spectacular. Like Emmanuel Mosley's a dude, right, Croc? And uh, it was awesome to see him back out there. And that was a great catch on that pick. Like make him pay, make them pay when they're trying to go over the top on you. Yeah, there were a couple of plays he kind of gave up early on, and it was good to see him not get shaky. I remember the first third down pass. I mean, his coverage was as tight as possible on Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham, you know, displays really strong hands, be able to come down with that ball. But, you know, aside from that, I, I can think of maybe one other catch, maybe two other that, that he gave up, but nothing too impactful. Obviously, uh, coming down with the interception really was huge. Uh, just, you know, keeping the Rams out of the end zone now. The tough thing is it didn't result in points. The 49ers took the ball away, had a nice return. I didn't see what happened. Was it like a block in the back foul or something like that called to where it backed the 49ers up? But just thought in general, like, you know, how impactful that that play was, you know, I think everything mattered big time in, in a game like that. So I'm seeing so many names in the chat that deserve game balls, and we can't give one to everybody. Uh, I've got some. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like down to holding with uh, with Wisnowski out and and Gold punting, doing a fantastic job. Who needs a punter when Gold punts that well, right? I mean, it was awesome yeah. just to see guys fill in, and and again. You lose your punter. Guess what? No problem. We're, we're overcoming all this stuff. So, and that, I didn't know they lost him. I, I mean, yeah. I, I remember on a return, I believe it was, I saw Wisnowski kind of like, like the way he was kind of laid out after the tackle, but like it was kind of like froze on the screen or whatever. And then I didn't even realize after that that they didn't have a punter until I tweeted out. Dang, I think, you know, after this sack, 49ers have to punt the ball. Not ideal, but they have all three timeouts. And I saw the responses. 
they don't got a punter. <laughs> now look at I'm like, oh dang, that's Robbie Gold. <laughs> but I thought he did a good job. Game balls, Croc. I've got a few more. Is there anybody that you want to uh, throw out there for a game ball in this one? Well, you see everybody mentioning Juwan Jennings, and I thought he stepped up big time. I mean, he made several clutch uh, passes, uh, catches, and you know, it really reminded me of like a Kendrick Bourne performance where in the key moment, if you guys remember back to the – now, obviously, Kendrick, didn't, he didn't have this type of performance catching for 94 yards, but Kendrick Bourne against the Vikings in the divisional round playoffs had a few catches in that game. One was a touchdown, and they had another, like, two or three that were on third downs, and they weren't great balls, right? One was high behind them. He went up, he snagged it, that kept a drive going, resulted in points. Another one fluttered to the sideline, and he came down with that ball as well. So it was like just the timing of the plays I thought were huge from Kendrick Bourne. I thought the same thing from Jawan Jennings today. Oh, Jawan Bourne, there we go. Um, I thought the same thing from Jawan Jennings today. Just key third down plays, the big play down the right, or I don't know what sideline it was on TV, but down the sideline uh, where, you know, he picked up a lot of yards after catching. And that was part of his specialty in college. You know, he led the league, I mean, led college, I believe, in like yards after catch or something like that. Then Brandon Ayuk was second. He had another terrific game. So I really pair just the receiver group in general. They all played a big part. They all played a big role. I thought they all came through and made plays when they needed to. Debo Samuel, a couple of drops. You know what I'm saying? Got to clean that up. But he makes so many plays. I could deal with the drops if you're going to give me everything else. Oh, dude, yeah. With everything Debo gives um, Jennings, Debo, Ayuk, I'm absolutely giving a game ball to uh to Debo Samuel and you're right Juwan Jennings I think he's part of the Yak Bros club there was that one famous play at Tennessee when Juwan Jennings was in college where um it's like a, it's a still shot but it's this I think he caught a slant over the middle or something and it, it's it's more like a, a tech mobile scene less than it's not like Debo or Ayuk or some other guys after the catch where there's a, a where you make guys miss he doesn't make a lot of guys miss but he runs through guys knocks them down goes over the top of them um they reminds me of like remember mark bavaro back in the day for the new york giants where it, everything was a collision but he somehow never got tackled juan jennings has that kind of ability and there's this one famous play and i wish i could find the photo right now uh but i'll not be able to find it real quick but um where juan jennings has this long catch and run play and there's literally seven or eight defenders from the team he's playing against all just laying on the ground it looks like tech mobile he just he, they all just either grabbed at him and missed or he knocked them over it's crazy and that was the that was absolutely the best that was so much better of a play than his touchdowns he was wide open on both of his touchdown catches by the way those are two of the easiest catches he'll ever have the one from demo and then the uh the one over the middle of the field from jimmy g it was a blown coverage like he was wide open and walked into the end zone that catch and run that was the highlight of the game for Juwan Jennings, but Debo Samuel, what can you say about him? He's a special, special dude. The way he plays physically, the plays he makes, throwing a touchdown pass in this one. We have to, we have, we talked about it earlier in the year. Debo gets a game ball every single game he plays. We have to rename the game balls after Debo Samuel because that's how good he is. That's how impactful he's been. He was the MVP for the 49ers this season. Debo absolutely gets a game ball in this one. How much money does he get this offseason? Uh, well, now that he's a quarterback, he's going to get even more than we thought, I think. (laughs) (laughs) And he can throw. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't know if you caught that reference from uh, from, Friday Night Lights. Remember Booby Miles? Booby Miles was running, and then he, and then Booby Miles threw a pass, and his grandpa turns around and looks at the scouts and is like, and he can throw. That's didn't, uh, 
didn't Jason Aponte call that one? We were talking about it on the pregame podcast on Thursday. He was talking about Debo throwing a touchdown pass, I think. I, I think he called that one. I don't know if Aponte's still in the uh, chat, if you are. Shout out. Or maybe he's his co-host on the Sprint Ride Option pod that, that was talking about it. Anyway, um, Debo absolutely gets a game ball. And uh, Amber Thomas. Ambry Thomas deserves a game ball, right? It, was that the first time you can remember Ambry Thomas making a play on the ball? Because he never as makes, as as he always fails. He never makes the play on the ball. And in the biggest moment of the end of his rookie season, he made the play on the ball and picked it off. Yeah, I mean that 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 sent the 49ers to the playoffs. It, you know, it doesn't get any bigger yeah. than that. Again, cornerback is a position you have to have a short term memory, and I think you know he he's had a lot of good plays, and he's had a lot of plays where pretty sure he would like to have back but you know to see him come down with that play in that moment it, I would say that it, it oh it gives him a lot of confidence but the one thing I've been impressed with 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 Embry Thomas and we'll give him a game ball for this his confidence hasn't wavered I, I watch him I watch how he moves I watch his mannerisms I watch how he is after an incomplete pass he is not someone that shies away from having that type of confidence and letting everybody know. So I'm pretty sure he was probably the least uh, surprised person when he came down with the game-winning interception. Absolutely. There was no folding in Ambry Thomas. Uh, there was no folding in the San Francisco 49ers in this game or all season when they've been down. And that leads to my last game ball in this one. I said he shouldn't have started this game. I said – uh, when it was 17 nothing, or even before it was 17 nothing, that maybe Kyle made the wrong decision and Trey Lance should have been in this game and replaced Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm giving a game ball to Jimmy Garoppolo. And he's obviously got that mentality. He's a tough guy. He's not going to fold. And, you know, he, he's that classic guy, blue collar, you know, high school linebacker. If Kyle asks him, Kyle asks him, hey, are you good? He could have, he could be in a shark attack and a shark bite his arm off at the elbow. And Kyle would say, Hey, Jimmy, you good? He'd be like, Yeah, I'm, I'm good, coach. I'm gonna play. And he'd throw in the ball with his elbow. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy's gonna play. You know that. So you can't even ask him. Uh, he's a tough guy. Uh, I've, I've, I've really admired Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think his time is almost over with the 49ers, but I'm kind of glad that it's not over as in he's not playing anymore because uh, I do like that. He's getting the opportunity to climb out of the hole, both uh, that this, the season got started in and the hole that the 49ers were in, in this game. And he's proven that he's not going to fold just like a lot of 49ers. And, and that's why I shouted out John Lynch earlier. He, he's a, he's a mentally tough guy and he's tough and he's obviously playing through some pain and uh, what looked like it could have been a decision to lose the game. Kyle Shanahan stood by his guy and they ended up winning this game. So, Props to Jimmy G. Props to Jimmy G and props to Kyle Shanahan, like you said, for kind of like sticking with what he felt gave him the best chance to win that game, and I thought we needed that. Now, I did see some people earlier say, well, you're crazy if you think Trey Lance could have won that game. I think you could say maybe Trey Lance wouldn't have gotten in that situation. Could he have made a play early on to kind of stop the bleeding? Would he have not thrown the interceptions to kind of – Contribute to digging them to the hole. I mean, you don't know, right? We, we just don't know. But obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo, we know what he did, and it was really big time. Absolutely. Uh, do you have any more game balls before we go, Croc? Not just that. Uh, you know, we we didn't really talk a whole lot about the defensive line, and they did a really good job getting after the quarterback. Uh, you know, 
everybody kind of contributed to getting sacks. I thought each sack that they got, they really needed it at that time. Very timely sack. So know, shout out to the defensive line. I mean, the diva, how about how about Eric Armstead to symbolize the defensive line? I think he made some of the biggest impact plays, like some huge ones, two and a half sacks in this one, couple tackles for loss. Uh, Nick Bosa needed some help in this game. He got it. He got some help from Warner as a pass rusher. Uh, some timely blitzes from D'Amico Ryans. DJ Jones, obviously Eric Armstead was massive in this game. Contavious Street. So, uh, Arden Key. But, yeah, I think the biggest game of those was Eric Armstead. So, let's give Eric Armstead the final. You know what? Not the final. How about this? How about this game ball to finish up the regular season for the San Francisco 49ers? They took over SoFi Stadium. The fans, the 49ers empire, the 49er faithful, however you want to uh, identify yourself, the 49ers fans, the listeners to this show, that is my final game ball here. They took over SoFi. That was the loudest on a broadcast. I've heard the 49ers all year, including all their home games. That was awesome to see. And I think that was huge for the 49ers in this game to feel that momentum. And we've been feeling them all year here on the podcast. So shout out to the fans. That's the game ball right there. I put out a video, you know, people being able to listen to the crowd on the third down play and 49ers got a sack. And I mean, it was, it was loud. It was loud. Again, you'd be confused with who's the home team in that situation. It sounded like the 49ers were the home team for that play and really most of the game. And people say that a lot. But this was reality. It was a home game for the 49ers. That's what it felt like on TV. Uh, That's what it sounded like. Uh, It was pretty awesome. So appreciate all you listeners out there. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. If you're live with us on YouTube, stick around. We're going to get in the chat a little bit. But Croc does have to go to bed. He's got to fly early in the morning. Uh, Appreciate everybody out there. The 49ers are playoff bound. More on those Dallas Cowboys coming up later on in the week. Right here, Lockdown 49ers.